Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, Raymond, the Amish comic. And I'd like Hi, to- hello, folks. <laughs> How do you do? How are you? I was going to say, I'd like to say I've had, I've had others like you, but uh, that would be impossible because there's, there's no other like you uh, doing yep. what you're doing. How are you, Raymond? Yep. Yeah, please, please don't tell me that because I've been suffering a 26-year career in stand-up trying to make it famous. And the last thing I need to hear is, oh, it's the other Amish comedian. As we just... <laughs> I'm good. I'm very good. I'm, I'm happy to share some time here. Well, listen, I, I was going to, I, you know, certainly ask you about the community. And we spoke a little bit off, uh, off mic about how the the community treats you, how they look at being a comedian, uh, a, a comic, uh, is, and how does it mesh with uh, with also being Amish? I guess that's the that's the question you get most often. I do, and it's the, it's the death of any interview because the Amish <laughs> just don't care. They farm, and that's it. So like that's where I get. Well, what do you what do you think the Amish might do? The Amish might farm. That's what they might do. They have uh, <laughs> no knowledge of this. It is nothing that, that happens. Anytime anything goes nuts on the Amish community, my city phone rings off the hook because they want the inside scoop. Uh, was, I don't know if you remember how many years ago the Amish kids got busted with the Hells Angels for selling cocaine and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's right. My, my career, as tragic as that was, my career just bumped up a couple of notches. So like, <laughs> I'm the only Amish you can call, let's face it. First, you don't trust that phone number, do you? You say, well, let's call the Amish guy. You shouldn't have a phone. So we got to go through all those layers. And then uh, it's they're, they're, they're a self-contained community. You're either with them or you're not with them. And, and uh, I'm considered a lost soul, but like so is everybody, you and, and anybody listening to this. So it's, you know, they they got their thing going on. I, I, don't, I don't know that anybody's proud of me, although uh, I perform in Lancaster a couple times a year, and oddly it's like maybe 10 or 12 Amish guys that would be considered an Amish gang, I guess, come to my show. They all drink Yingling Lager at the same pace. They have sort of like a, a gang leader who nods and they know how fast to drink their beers. And they are not part of my show. They just show up, they watch my show, and they drink their beer, and then they get out of there. So, See, I would, know, think, I, I would think that some of those people might go and, and observe, you know, like the elders... Uh, you know, in the Amish community, say, "Hey, look, it's Lancaster. Go in and see what Raymond's saying about us. Make sure he's not—he's not giving away any, you know, deep dark secrets." Or... <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm gonna steal that idea though for a comedy bit. I like that because they—they <laughs> they really don't care. There's no, you know, it's—it's—they're too busy farming, and there's no, uh, there's no hatred or vengeance in their heart. It's all about farming and trying to do with the least amount of stuff you possibly can have on this earth in hopes of making it to heaven. So the question begs there, if you're Amish and you drop dead, how do you know you're actually dead when all the pie is gone, I guess? That's, <laughs> when there's no pie, you must be in heaven. Wow. I, I heard on Howard Stern, uh, and you know I, I, didn't, I didn't hear the whole interview, but I heard a woman, an Amish woman who was doing pornography, and obviously, she's she left the Amish community. Did you ever hear about this? 
No, but I turned down a career in softcore porn. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, didn't know there, I didn't know there was an Amish porn star. I, I absolutely did not. But, but uh, uh, so, no, I, uh, there was a, I don't know, how long the heck many years ago, there was an internet web series called Bikini Bandits. I don't know if you... If, no, if, I don't know if, that Danny, one. Danny Bonaducci loved that he was obsessed with it when he was on Philly Radio, so that helps... Bikini Bandits, and I was actually on the film set of uh, Tim Allen, Kirstie Alley, for Surf Report, and they wanted me in Bikini Bandits so bad that they overnighted me a script, and I'm looking at this, and this is like softcore porn, and basically, like, some whoever was making this series, I'm guessing, but you would come to the same conclusion, he went to a strip club, and he hired, like, ten strippers off the pole, and they filmed this bikini bandits and they would tear ass and they would go rob banks and stuff and where it would get to me is they would be hiding in Lancaster and then that's where we would have adventures and it looked like they had some things filmed that looked like they pretty much hated men and they whipped creamed and took frozen hot dogs and shoved them into any available holes they could find <laughs> and it seemed well that seems like a fun weekend it's nothing I would want to have filmed for my children to see when I got older so I just I, I passed on that, and they were actually a little like, you know, you got some balls on you. What I mean, what you know? So, so <laughs> I thought you were being... I got to, and now that I'm, and now that I'm a 59 year old man, my wife couldn't be happier that I turned down my role in Bikini Bandits. <laughs> Very good. Let me remind folks that are just turning on their radio, or just tuning in to us, Frank McKay here, but more importantly, Raymond, the Amish comic, is our very special guest. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting yeah, that you say that. They they don't care and they're not tuned in. Right? It's not like the Amish are listening to our show. Even uh, even though we, we air in some places in Pennsylvania, um, I, I know that we uh, we're we're probably not getting a a big Amish crowd, which is, uh, it, which is just kind of logical. But it's a, it's an unusual situation. Let's let's do a little bit of history on you, and and let me ask you, uh, you know, to start from the beginning. Where were you born, and where were you raised? Well, well, I was born in the Blue Ball, Lancaster County, and uh, <laughs> I've I've been out since probably about twelve years old. Um, so I've been, I've been, I've puttered around with oddball jobs, screen printing and all that stuff. And I kind of got into comedy accidentally. The, the story I tell on stage is not anywhere near true. Uh, is that, uh, you know, I was plowing the fields one day and I thought, man, I'm a pretty funny farmer. Maybe I can just make a career of this thing. <laughs> uh, I just, I use comedy as a defense because the world is scary. And I had to work in a kind of a scary print shop and, they had on uh, a it's WZZO Allen Sanderson plug another radio station, but you don't care your way up there. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. And, and they had it's the morning show. Got Bearman and Keith, and Bearman is actually from Buffalo and used to work with Opie of the Opie and Anthony show. So, but the two guys had this show on, and they uh, encouraged people to call in and say stupid things. And I said stupid things, and I didn't even make the calls. The other guys in the print shop would call and just hand me the phone. So I, I was lucky. Really lucky to be able to do about six months of sort of comedy material on a phone with the safety of not having to see the rejection on the faces of my audience. If anything went bad, bang, I just hang up the phone or regroup and then we'll, we'll come back tomorrow. So, uh, that, that, that's how my career has been going. And the, the one thing you were talking about, uh, the, the perception of the Amish listening, I had a stint 
with America's Got Talent season five, which I did not want to do. I got recruited aggressively. You're not allowed to say this. I'll probably get in trouble now. Um, so I didn't have to stay in those long lines or anything. And then they sequestered me in a giant hotel room in New York, uh, the ballroom, with like 30, 40 other circus acts where I wasn't the freak. So that was kind of sweet. But they, <laughs> they, they filmed and interviewed all day long, and they had this long list of things, and they're like, well, we understand you have a very large Amish following. I'm like, no, that is incorrect. And then they're like, well, we understand you have a very large Amish following. I said, no, that information is, so this went on for like like a like a knock-knock who's there kind of. Yeah, they were telling podcast. you, right? Weren't they telling yeah, you? They yeah, they were telling me, so what we finally I'm there, I'm there, okay, I get it, okay, I get it. And then I went to, I have a huge Amish following. In fact, there's Buggy Gridlock in the Lincoln Tunnel right now, and my people <laughs> are not going to pay to go through the Lincoln Tunnel because we all look like Abraham Lincoln. So I'm a, I'm a, it, it was just, it was one of the most horrible experiences of my life. Um, I had, I got I got bumped to the night shift. I got stuck in there for ten days. The only salvation was that there were five gorgeous supermodels. I don't know what their act was, but they shamelessly flirted with me all day in this room. That kept me going. But that's when I came to a screeching halt when uh, at about eight o'clock at night I realized it was five men in drag. Oh no. Uh, you're I kidding. didn't really care. I just wish they wouldn't have ruined it for me because I had another <laughs> few hours to go in there before the before wow. the hell and horror happened, and then that was that was just that was to date one of the worst experiences of my life. Steve. Yeah, they recruit you, and right before was my segment. The gal who recruited me goes to this. It, it's the pep talk, you know. It's the Super Bowl. It's it's, it's fourth and inches, and we got to win this thing. She comes up to me. She goes, right before our tape. She goes, try not to talk. The judges are in a bad mood, and she turned and walked away from me. My jaw dropped, and. I'm a talker. I entered under the talking category. I don't juggle. <laughs> I don't dance. I don't do hula hoops with fire. I'm a talker, man. You just you, you, I entered in the talking category. That's like, oh my god, it was just, it was just so horrible. That's like being Larry King, and you're about to interview Neil Armstrong, and two minutes before the interview, he says, "Oh, by the way, no questions about the moon." Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. exactly that. It's exactly that. It's stopping. It's stopping the clock at fourth and inches. With one, one, one play to punch it in, and the coach says, "Try not to score." That's All crazy. Right, thank you. <laughs> Raymond, the Amish comic, is the voice you're hearing. Frank McKay here, and yes, I said Raymond, the Amish comic. He is a very funny man. If you get a chance, check him out on check him out on online. Check out his material. He's terrific. And uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's beyond a gimmick act. He's so good. And everyone's got to check him out. And I, you can't, you know, you can't say it's, it's a gimmick because you're Amish and you're a comic and you, you, you know, you, you gave up, uh, you know, part of your life, but you still have, you know, the, the other part of it. Yeah. You, you have your background. I mean, do you walk around all day in an Amish garb? No, I have. I look actually weirder with the blue jeans on and a Guns N' Roses t-shirt than I do when I put the when I suit oh, up. No. Uh, so that's the thing too. If you if you could actually see me, if I just probably won't uh, translate on the radio, but this head is a real commitment. This Amish beard and yeah. the head, <laughs> and when people say, "Are you really Amish?" 
this is a serious commitment, my friend, to walk around with this head in the city <laughs> for 48 years in hopes that someday I could perform at a fire hall in Pennsylvania on a Saturday night. Yeah. You know, that's like, uh, <laughs> I, I do, I, I, uh, I can't even stop traffic in New York, and that's, I love going up to New York, but in the, in the city of freaks and weirdos, I can still cause cabs to stop in the middle of the street, run out and point and go, look, it's an Amish guy. And they, then they do, and they just make little circles around me, and they point, and then they don't really know what to say because they didn't really think of any good follow-up questions. Because you, know, you, don't, you just don't figure you're going to meet an Amish guy. Yeah, well, no, that's, I mean, that's very true. But, you know, then again, I guess people have unusual looks. The hipsters have uh, unusual looks, and maybe... Uh, you know, maybe some of them, if you if you threw the hat on and the clothes on, maybe they'd look Amish too. You know, you never know. But uh, what what is it about the the Amish community that um, that allows? I mean, is it just tradition? Is it just uh, true belief or fear fear of hell? I mean, do they do the Amish? And again, I'm not trying to be trite here, but uh, no, uh, no, 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 fire away. I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the only chance you got. This yeah, Mennonites panel, and they got one yeah. shot of that. <laughs> Well, what is it? Are they? Are, is there a fear of hell? Is that what it is? Is it hell? It really is. It's all about getting to heaven. It's all about not having worldly possessions. It's all about not questioning anything, you know, humble. You're not supposed to be proud about anything. And then that can mess your head up, too, because you can start to get cocky about being humble, you know. I'm like the least cocky person that there is. So you get... You have me, you get you can it, it can mess with your mind, but they they believe the less stuff they have on earth, the, the better the chances of going into heaven. And it's it's uh, it's bizarre. They'll take as much technology as they need to survive in the world. So uh, you know, they're like they're not supposed to have a car, but can you give me a ride? So there's a little bit of a double-edged sword there. Yeah, well, it's, it, they're in a tough spot too. I mean, I I I got to give them credit for the commitment to it i mean in a world with uh, with cars and internet i have to believe that there's uh, there are some kids sneaking things you know and uh doing things what, what about rumspringer uh, what, well, there's what more than there's more than kids sneaking things yeah that's a whole thing Rum, rumspringer is the most brilliant parental concept that has ever been created once because if you i don't know if you have any kids but i got four kids toughest, four kids it's it's toughest to be a parent to teenagers, because you want to give them enough leeway so they can start to grow into adults, but you don't want to give them too much so they don't get all liquored up and drive a Cadillac off the, off the cliff. So there's a balance there. And the rum springer idea is, out of hell with it, let's just give them a year to do whatever they want. Uh, they can, you know, snort cocaine off the biker chick's backside and <laughs> liquor it up. When they're bored having all that fun, they'll come back to farming and playing. So me, I'm like on the, my 48th year of Rum Springer right now with no with no immediate signs of going back anytime soon. Yeah. Well, I I'll tell you this. I, I spent a lot of time in Lancaster, and not to hang out in Lancaster. I, I was doing business up there, and I used to own along with my brother a couple of record labels, and we would go up there and get CDs pressed. I think the name of the place was like American Helix or something like that. American whatever. And it was a, you know, a regular record pressing plant. It was just much cheaper than any place in New York. So we would go up there and we'd pick up the CDs of the bands that uh, that we put out. And we used to ask questions about the Amish, you know, because there's Amish all over us. 
And the uh, the one guy told us, he says, you know, uh, right by my house, there's a gas station. And there's this old car that's parked there. And it's owned by some Amish teenagers. And, uh, and they sneak down there. You know, they have a deal with the owner of the, uh, the garage to, uh, to keep it there. And they get in that car and they go nuts. Like, uh, you know, on certain days, you know, like they, uh, you know, they go down, they'll leave, you know, uh, leave their things behind and just go nuts in the, uh, uh, in the car. Now, I, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, this is exactly true. What, what, what Amish kids do is they will, they will, uh, uh get a little gang together and pull their funds, buy a car, hide it out in the cornfield somewhere and with the clothing, like blue jeans and stuff, and then when it's time when they can get in there and then go suit up and put jeans on and go out and get all liquored up, they do it. It's like it's like a, it's almost like a Batmobile for Amish kids that they do. They they uh, uh, try to network with city kids too, and it's, they're kind of lucky because there's something fun about corrupting an Amish person. Like imagine being at a party, right? And everybody at the party is cheering for you to have a beer and smoke some marijuana and destroy your life. You got cheerleaders. They're like, "Come on, man, come on over to the dark side." <laughs> you're you're sort of like a hero. You're like a kind of like a rock star. Of this, and there's actually a guy. Uh, and I've been on the National Geographic. There's a guy who does all the Amish specials. Moses Gingrich. I'm on Amish. I'm on Amish out of order, and that's what this guy does. He's ex-Amish. Uh, I'm in it for myself. I'm out. I'm happy. I'm writing comedy and loving technology. And but he actually tries to help Amish people leave who want to leave. And it's it's a whole like it's a spy movie. They have it all set up wow. with postcards. And the kid leaps out the window at midnight when the rooster crows. Hops in the car. They take him to what would be basically a kind of an Amish halfway house. But then you crash out there for a little bit. They try to help you get jobs and driver's licenses and all this stuff and I made the most horrible joke because they, they came to Pennsylvania to film me and I and I I hung up on them because I don't trust uh, I have friends in show business and they and they goof on me all the time. So National Geographic I hung up on them three times because I didn't <laughs> think it was really them says this is clear from the National Geographic get the hell out of here bang and I hung that thing up. And they came to a fire hall in Pennsylvania to film me and uh I, I told a joke on stage because they know that people knew that they were there. And I was this guy Moses. He he helps kids, uh, Amish kids, get like driver's licenses and stuff. And they, uh, uh, but but it's like a crash course. Like he teaches a kid how to drive in a week. He gets his license, and then he dies in a horrible car wreck. That just happened two months oh. before, and nobody told me. And like and like the audience is laughing, but when the, the TV show was released and they're Oh my God, that was like a real thing that actually happened. So oh, yeah, that's uh, hor- yeah, that's horrible. Hey, let me interrupt you for a second. I'm going to remind yeah. folks once again. Raymond, the Amish comic, is the voice that you're hearing, and yes, he's a real Amish comic. It, it, such, by the way, he's got such a great act, and you got to Google him and you got to see him in person when uh, when you get the opportunity. Uh, I'm not exactly Bud Abbott here setting him up for jokes. Uh, more importantly, we want to hear you know, his story, his life, and everything else. By the way, we're coming up on a break. Do we have you for another quick segment? Heck yeah. You'll never get rid of me. Alright, sounds good. <laughs> Alright, so we got Raymond, the Amish comic, Frank McKay here with Raymond. And uh, it, look, in, in about a minute and a half, um, 
you're, you're telling me about this guy that has this uh, this escape route for for the Amish uh, Amish people. What is his yep. motivation? I mean, is he just doing this out of the goodness of his heart? Is he have a fetish? Uh, what is his uh, What is his motivation? Well, he it's it's love. He he left, and it's a it's a hard process to leave. Oh, oh he's an, he he's an Amish. He was the member of the Amish community. Yeah, yeah, and he left. And when you leave, you you leave. You're out. You're done. You're gone, and you can't. Uh, you, you have no skills. You don't know how to function in society. You don't even know how to deal with like grieving and stuff. So he 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 really is. A, he's an amazing person. I'm a horrible man. I'm I'm stand up comedy this week. I'm running with the devils. I know where I am. Um, but yeah, his his motivation is all like like completely awesome. In fact, the show is so serious uh, when they track across the country week after week, and they were slowly getting to Pennsylvania. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if I even want to be on this thing because wow. these are all nice people, and I'm kind of sort of more evil. Wow. Uh, that's a, terrific, though. You know, just a, a terrific insight to the Amish community and and to a wonderful career that's going very strong. Raymond, the Amish comic, is our very special guest and will be after the break. Frank McKay here with Raymond, the Amish comic. Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, Raymond the Amish comic. Yes, that's right. I said Raymond the Amish comic. And for 26 years, he's been doing stand up and he is terrific. And he's uh, formerly from the Amish community and he. Um, uh, and he's telling us uh, some secrets here. He's 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 heading to hell. You're heading to hell, I, Raymond. I, I've headed straight hell in a handcart. We're all going, and I'm driving. See, here's the, here's the thing. I get more times than not. Twenty six years in stand up comedy is a long time for folks to have never heard of me. And see, that's because I'm stuck in the uh, Pennsylvania, like the Amish Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, well, if I've had I've had brushes with fame, but something bad always happens to me. I'm the most I'm the most famous comedian amongst other comedians that nobody else has ever heard of. I've been on uh, Opie and Anthony's show many, many, many long years ago, and I thought that was, you know, as a comedian, you always think this thing is going to be your big break, and then you're going to bust loose. So I'm waiting to get on, and there's a contest going on where two knuckleheads were putting Ben Gay on their floor. Uh, <laughs> it was a lasting contest. Whoever was the last man standing would win like a PlayStation 2. Everybody underestimated the ability for these knuckleheads to withstand burning salve on their man junk. So my segment was just slowly just disappearing with every 20 minutes of pain and tolerance. Then the rock band in excess marches in uninvited. So now I know I'm getting bumped again. And they were all pissed off. And I took it upon myself to chill them. I'm there. You don't understand what's going on. There's two guys in there with Ben Gamlin, last minute standing wins the PlayStation, serious stuff. In excess, loved me because I chilled them out. Then I got to go in the studio with them, and in excess, the rock band starts doing sheep banging jokes oh. on the Opie and Anthony show, and that's my territory. Oh, I no. claim all the Amish sheep banging jokes. I'm like, what kind, what, what, what kind of what kind of horrible luck is this? This is just, and my whole career has been that way. I got to, uh, MC, I'm on MTV. Seven up and out. You never heard of that because that's back when MTV <laughs> did music videos, and yeah. and I filmed 
for a whole week and two days because everybody just changed their shirts at 2 o'clock and said, now it's Tuesday. <laughs> I don't have to change because I'm good to go. Um, but that was a whole other thing. These places contact me and they're like, oh, my God, MTV, I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm going to Hollywood. Where are we going? York, Pennsylvania. Fabulous. I've always dreamed of never <laughs> leaving Pennsylvania, and this will keep that going for another couple of years. And it happened to me again years later, the Miserable Man Tour, uh, Rob Levy, Colin Quinn. I'm so excited. About, oh, my God, they go everywhere. Las Vegas, Boston, Atlantic City, somewhere. Uh, Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. Fantastic. I just love <laughs> never leaving Pennsylvania. That's just the most amazing thing. So that's how my, that's how my career has been. I mean, I, I uh, you know, the spin doctor guy, Chris Barron. Um, I got to be friends with him because a, a, a theater put him on a show with me because he wanted to debut some new music. Um, so we're buddies. He texted me, is the Amish Mafia real? I'm like, no. And then he said, damn, he wanted it to be real. Um, so, but, but I'm buddies with Chris Barron and uh, we worked together a couple of times. I'm you you got to learn, you got to learn the lie. You got to say, look, I, I can't talk about it except in, in person. <laughs> As we get to know each other a little better and maybe start working together, I'll I'll give you some insight to what I think is going on with well, the Amish Mafia. Well, you and I should have talked 20 years ago because <laughs> my career could be a lot better than it is right now. I mean, it's just, you know, so that's it, lie, real intrigue. You know, I could, I could not kill it. I could tell you, but I have to kill you. That's a bit extreme. But I could <laughs> tell you, but I have to build a barn around you with no doors. We'll take, we'll take that route. <laughs> Well, hey, oh my God. again, I'm going to remind folks of who they're listening to and go anywhere on the Internet and, and just Google Amish comic or Raymond the Amish comic and you will uh, you will come up with one man and one man only. And, and they uh, will if they contact me through any of those things. They will get me because I'm the Amish comic. I definitely cannot afford to have handlers. So like if you, you know, you contact me through any of the pages, the uh, good, bad or ugly, it, it will come to me. and I'll try to respond to anything. Uh. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're YouTube terrific. And, I'll, I'll tell I, you what, uh, I'm cutting you off here, but I, I, I think I think you're absolutely terrific. I think your act is terrific. I think you're so naturally funny. Um, I think you're extremely talented. But it's fascinating to hear about the uh, the Amish people. It's fascinating to hear for for folks. You know, I don't know what we're called. You know, the uh, uh, what do you English. Call? You guys are the English. The English, right? So the the yeah. English. Uh, in us, uh, you know, are are all interested in like what what happens behind the scenes, and I don't want to get you know too dirty here or whatever. But uh, when you're a young kid and you're Amish, right, you're not even yep. when you're a young kid, when you're uh, when you get a little older, teenager, when you're twenty now, I mean, for that matter, are there are there women out there that are saying, you know what, I could I could flip this guy, I could turn this guy, and oh yes, <laughs> yes. It, it yeah, is. I don't want to get you in trouble with your wife either. But uh, you t give me an example. I mean, women hit no, on you. No, that's how I got her. It's, you, you are the you are the stud at the party. You're like you know, you're you're a farmer. You're in good shape. You're, you're doing physical labor. You come out. You got the crazy beard thing going on. Uh, but not until you're married. So yeah, it's a, there's a there's a definitely a thing to want to try to flip. Uh, it's it's like trying to take a gay couple and trying to the girl trying to make a you know flip him. It's the exact same thing. If there's there's a, a challenge there, and and if you're at a pickup bar anywhere you are, there's not a girl there who can say, "Oh yeah, I get a lot of Amish guys." So you got the whole boom. <laughs> well, are we to assume that let's say we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or somewhere else where there's a big Amish community? Should we assume? Should we assume that? All these young folks, you know, fifteen to eighteen to twenty, whatever, uh, that they're all virgins unless they're married. Nope. 
dope, and that has nothing to do with the sheep. The Amish party, hard. <laughs> and here's the thing: the Amish have a series of they got cell phones hidden, and the network of an Amish party. One text message because they only get to party they get like one Sunday and a half off, like every two weeks. So when the text message hits one person, that party can swell into a thousand people in a couple of hours because they all know the Amish are coming. And then if you are friends with any Amish, that's the party you want to be at because you guys can drink 14 days in a row. We got to condense 14 days worth of drinking into one night. So they go, they, they just party with the best of them. So yeah, there is, there's stuff going on. There's definitely stuff going on. So Rumspringer is basically saying to the kids, go out and have sex, basically, right? I mean, go out and drink and have sex. Uh, or it, uh, is there an understanding ama- uh, among the parents that, well, we hope that the kids aren't going out there and, and engaging in sexual activity. But, um, you know, if they do, they do. It's Rumspringer and everything goes. I mean, is, is that is that the deal with Rumspringer? And I know you... That, is, to- that is the deal, but it goes beyond sex. And it also involves, like, the partying and the alcohol, the drugs and all that. And I'm not sure what psychopathic parent would think that it would be fun to pull a kid out of like a biblical farming camp and let him run around with strippers and biker girls and rock music and beers and, and partying up and all that and go, well, I've had just about enough of that. I can't wait to get back to the old plow. That's the concept. That's the, that's the, and it's a fear factor. You know, they do the actual Amish, and she has the serious because the actual Amish, when their kids are on rumspring, their biggest fear as the kid will die while he's on Rumspringa and go to hell. And you are told that, that, you know, we will pray that you don't die while you're out there amongst the devils and demons, and then they will have a safe return. That's a happy send-off for a kid. Yeah. Well, is it just for boys? Rumspringa is just for boys? It's not for girls? No, it's it's, it's for girls. It's, it's a lot tougher for girls to do it because it's a very sexist society, and, and but it's, 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 it's more a rite of uh, passage for the young Amish men than it is the girl. But it's it's uh, uh, good Amish gone wild. That's that's exactly yeah. what it is. There's, uh, they actually have a place in Florida where the Amish do like a spring break, and it's not on the ocean. It's in the middle of a farm. So they go all that way to wind up where they were. So some <laughs> of it they just do to themselves. Yeah, uh, but the, the girls, I, I'm sure the, the parents are like, you're not going on rum spring. You know, a lot of them, are they're much tougher on the girls, right? To go to run well, the there's not. There's, there's see that here. See here's the thing. There's no instruction. All this stuff is implied. It's all implied. It's all like you don't. There's no conversations like that around the Amish table. It's not like the kids going, "Hey, Saturday night, day one of Rum Spring. I'm out of this dive. Man, let's we're gonna rock this thing. I got my, you know, Amazon Prime uh, iPod showed up and ready. There's no convert. There's no conversation about this. It's just a thing that happened. And then if you're on it too long, then the pressure. He's put on you that the wheels are start that the screw is turned a little bit. You know, you got, uh, I would say six months is what they expect. A year is pushing it. I am well over my limit. I am, I am, <laughs> I am, I am well beyond, I'm well beyond any kind of repair. I'm back, I'm sure I won't be welcome back there. I have to start, start with day one. Has anybody tried to recruit you back? Did anybody try to say, look, I, you know, Raymond, before you end up, you know, with Satan, before you end up in hell, I mean, can can we talk some sense into you? Was there like an Amish intervention at any point in your life? No, but I love that question because they do that. And I didn't, it didn't happen to me. So, but they do that. If we leave the Amish and they know where you are, they will send the pity party guilt committee 
to your house. Hypothetical situation. I'm making it up because it didn't happen to me. But let's say I'm 20 years old. I leave Lancaster and move two towns over, shack up with a college girl to find the ordinary and a, and a choir of singing old bearded men on my porch singing about me burning in hell if I have sex with a sneaking girl and we smoke the marijuana. They will come after you. So you, like, you just... I don't know how they would find you. It would have to be a friend of a friend. You know, oh, yeah, we know Raymond. He he went over. He's in Cooktown, and he hooked up with Sarah, and they're over there. So if you leave a trail to where you are, they're going to send the, the Bring Them Back Committee. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I could I could see that. I, they might I'm have still said... Looking over my, I'm still looking over my shoulder. Anytime anybody speaks Pennsylvania, you touch me. I'm like, oh, my God, the Amish bounty hunters, they found me. You know, you know that, <laughs> they, that made-up language, it's not really German. It's this kind of... I don't know where it is. The Amish Raymond, the Amish comic, is the guy that is on the other line here. And yes, he's using a phone, and he's been using a phone for at least 26 years uh, since he went into uh, uh, stand-up comedy. He's excellent. He's wonderful. Please look him up. It is easy to find because there's, uh, there's no other Amish comic that we know of. <laughs> And he is, he's fantastic. He really is. Uh, and it's fascinating uh, listening to him, Frank McKay, here with Raymond, the Amish comic. And let's, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, something else here, you know, a little bit different. And, you know, it's interesting to me that you, you brought up the, uh, the story about being offered the, uh, the, what was it, Danny Bonaducci? Was that the... Uh, yeah, uh, Bikini Bandit. Bikini yep. Bandit. Yeah, and, and that you turned that down. I mean, I think that's, I think it's great that you didn't go the other extreme. You you weren't like, okay, well, throw, I'm throwing everything out the window. You have morals. You don't want to explain to your kids, look, I was in this soft core, as you put it. I, I, I don't know if we would consider it necessarily soft core, but I'll take your word for it. Well, that, probably not anymore. Probably not anymore. It's just like, you know, what's on TV at 10 o'clock tonight, but right. it's time. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, for me, it's very simple. And see, I kind of made a bad name for myself. Uh, any comedian listening to this will back me up on this. The actual business of stand-up comedy is the worst possible thing you can have. It's, it's just that there's this bizarre network of uh, trying to exploit us and, and getting... Uh, keeping all the money and the food and alcohol in the door and all that stuff. And so there, I, I have always tried to just get paid fairly in my life. And so I don't even do a lot of comedy clubs. I do a lot of fire hall fundraisers. Uh, you can hire me to perform in a, at a picnic or at a pig roast. And all they got to do is double the money I would get at a bad comedy club gig. And pow, I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's that's how I've been surviving. And uh, like I say, you know, it's, it's, it's a really tough business but i've been blessed to have some amazing people uh try to help me and uh, like even uh i know jim norton from the from the i keep saying opening and anthony like yeah. that's a real famous but i knew him before his career took off and i gave him a shirt ring the amish comic and it had a towel on it and then he was on his uh satellite show um talking about opening for andrew dice clay wearing the ring the amish comic shirt trying to get late and then my Twitter feed <laughs> lit up like Joey Vigna and all these people that know these kids hey Norton's talking about him. and apparently uh, the shirt never got him late because I never got invited back on the show but uh, I had some good luck uh, Joey Vigna I don't know if you know that guy I met him I, anyone I met I met in the Lancaster Comedy Club um, and he just a couple years ago he put me on a, a fundraiser for St. Jude's Hospital at Comic Strip Live in New York, and I was so excited. It was Easter weekend, and he didn't even know we did this Easter weekend. And I'm looking at the lineup, and the place was packed. And I'm there, Joey. Uh, 
it seems like this is like a mostly Latino except for me show. It's Joey Vega, Peaches Rodriguez, J.J. Ramirez, Billy Castro is talking to my right, <laughs> thinking about not even doing the show in English, and I'm starting to have a heart attack. I'm like, I'm like the, I'm like the guy that doesn't fit in the show. So I'm a nervous wreck, and I'm like, you gotta help me. I need, I need some kind of line. And it was a big Latino audience. I need something to break the ice for these people. And then, and then he goes, Buenos Dias. I'm like, everybody knows Buenos Dias. What's the next <laughs> thing? What's the next thing? So him and Ailey Castro were arguing. Goes, Buenos Dias, mejatas. And I'm like, I like that. And I don't know what it means, and I don't care. It sounds good. That's all I need. Then they start fighting. Oh, no, that's the day. You need the night one, Buenos nachos, mijatas, and it's not really nachos, which I said on stage, and then that was a big, it was just a, like, uh, it, it was crazy, but all these little amazing things happened to me that I think my career is going to zoom, but uh, oddly enough, performing a comic strip live on the mostly Latino except for me show did very little for my career. See, I think, and, and again, I'm someone who used to manage entertainment, right? I managed uh, a, a magician who became very famous. I was his first manager, along with my brother, um, uh, Chris Angel, right? You ever hear of Chris Angel? Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah, yeah, I yeah. named him yeah, Chris Luke's Angel. That in Pennsylvania, I think. Well, no, no. Uh, he, Lou Rita was uh, from the Eastern Theater. Well, he had some roots uh, there. I think Lou Rita and uh, Monty Morgan uh, wanted to bring him, and at the time we were, you know, we were involved, um, and uh, it wanted to do something at the Eastern Theater. Is it still there in Eastern, or, or maybe it's the I, State I, I Theater? I performed there, yeah, yeah, I performed there. It's, it's the State Theater. Theater. Yep. And yep. I think, like, Larry Holmes owns the whole town, you know, the former box, yeah. you know, box. <laughs> he owns the, the whole town there. But that's where, you know, his roots, you know, where that comes from. But uh, him and C.J. Ramon, um, who's still a good friend of mine, and, and when the Ramones were trying, but I, I managed a whole bunch of bands. And I would think, and we'd sit there and we'd brainstorm and we'd say, you know, all right, well, what can you do? What can we do? And, and with Christopher, forget it. That's all we did. It was like morning, noon, and night. We would just, we would plan out a future. He was singing at the time and he wasn't yeah. the singer that he is the magician, right? So uh, it was, you know, we knew that the future would be in magic and we knew it would be huge and all that. But with with you, if I'm brainstorming with you right now, and again, Raymond the Amish comic is our very special guest. We've got a couple moments left with him, and, and I'm going to waste his moments by telling him something. I would think that if you went on the lecture circuit, right, lecture circuit, and you got a, a, a wonderful booking agent, and you did nothing else but give a short little routine, and then answered questions from the audience, and an intelligent uh, audience, a, a college uh, crowd, uh, I mean, I think you would be you know, I would think you would be doing very well in Harvard and Princeton and Yale and uh, and all of the and Duke and all the big time uh, outfits, all the big time universities. And I, I think you would I think you'd be a, a, a very, very hot thing. And I was th this, this career advice comes like 26 years late. Yeah. Well, why? Like, though? <laughs> I mean, but why haven't you done the lecture circuit? I haven't done. I I really love performing stand-up comedy. I absolutely love it. I curse like nobody's business. Oh, okay. Well, um, you I can have, curse. I have, my, I, have my, I have my audience. I have my audience sing what I call the f bomb choir. They all have a big <laughs> thing out because people get uptight about language and stuff. So I kind of throw language at them. And there's something magical about an Amish guy that curses. Uh, and the the lecture circuit uh, that probably is great money. But I I actually really love. See that's yeah that's it you 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 know what you want you know what works I mean that's uh, that's great though I mean go ahead you you mentioned the state theater in Eastern PA I met Ian Anderson Jethro Tull there he did a uh, rubbing elbows with Ian Anderson tour and the, he requested 
this handful of local people, then the radio station that sponsored it, uh, pulled me in as the local celebrity. So we sit on the couch and they play some music and then we talk in between. So I actually get to be friends with Ian Anderson from the Rubbing Elbows tour. And there's another guy uh, who was being interviewed somewhere and wound up talking about me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's Ian Anderson talking about me. I have a, I have a kazoo, you know, locomotive press. He did yeah. this big thing, and he passes out kazoos, and we all get to do solos. So I have my official Ian Anderson locomotive breath kazoo. When he comes to my neighborhood every three, four years, uh, music fest, uh, I have his private email, and I, and, I, and I ask him for tickets, and he gives me tickets, and I show up, and I'm like, I got... Uh, Four VIP tickets for Raymond the Amish comic from Ian Anderson. And they, they call great. security, and they glare at me, and I'm like, just look in the damn box, will you? And then they, <laughs> start, and they pull the tickets out, and they go, oh! And then and it's, so my life, I have a good, happy life. I just could use a hell of a lot more money. It's yeah, hard to get. <laughs> that's I'm a suck in comedy, and that's why I'm doing picnics and pig roasts and, and uh, all that stuff. And I really appreciate this, because uh, even if people hear this and they hate me, they should like my pages make sure they're no place where I am. It's a, it's a great way to avoid me if you don't like me. <laughs> That's wonderful. Listen, uh, you're you're a very talented guy. I, you deserve a much bigger audience than we could even provide you. But uh, I, I tell you, I think there's, uh, there's big things ahead. I know you'll look back and say, oh, 26 years of grinding it out. Uh, I, you know, listen, stranger things have happened, and I think your day is yet to come. You got terrific well, material. I, I, I terrific. hope so, and I appreciate that. And I, I don't even really want the fame at this point. I want the money. I would <laughs> sell out in a heartbeat. You look at these comedians, and they go, that's out. That's the worst movie I ever saw. There's five million bucks. I'd be proud of that. I'm yeah, ready. You better I'm believe ready. it. Yeah, you're, you're... I'm ready to sell my soul to the devil. I'm, I'm ready to go. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, I, I really appreciate this, man. I, uh, if, and when it's time, if you ever think like you might want to have me back on here, I will load up the buggy and make the three-day trip and come. <laughs> where, where, unless you're in California. Where am, I, where am I calling? Am I calling? This is Long Island, New York. Oh, my God. I was on the Long Island Expressway uh, one time back in the early 90s, and I'm still in therapy. I had a car that drove 68 <laughs> miles an hour top speed. Uh, I was left in the dust on that. I was, I was left in the dust. But I would love to come up sometime. And, yeah, uh, and listen, we'd love to have you. And, and you're, you're talking to folks in Florida and, and Pennsylvania and different places all around the country. But anyway, listen, uh, you're the best. You're absolutely wonderful. Everyone should check out Raymond the Amish Comic.